Okay, I hope that is enough of a clip for you to remember or recognize that that is the Swedish chef from The Muppet Show. And this is Stacy Julian with episode 134 of Exactly Enough Time. Exactly Enough Time is a podcast about being present. It is also about playful creativity and other things like curiosity and connection. I am your host, Stacy Julian. I am a life enthusiast and a storyteller. I love to interview interesting people with expertise and solutions. Together, we talk about what they do and why they do it. Listen up. I think you'll find inspiration for living your life and telling your story because you have exactly enough time. Hey, podcast friends. I am so glad to be back. Thank you for listening and thank you for leaving me a review on iTunes so that other people can find my work. I am Stacy Julian. I am an avid memory keeper and storyteller and I have the coolest membership on the planet. It's called Live Your Story and it's hundreds of women across the globe and we gather to help each other with our digital libraries, all of the pictures on our phones and our computers and our devices and we help each other with ideas and projects and it is such an upbeat, happy place to be and I would love you to come experience it. So make sure you check that out, stacyjulian.com forward slash membership. Okay, you guys, today I have the privilege of sharing with you a recent conversation with my dear friend Colette Hokinson, who is an accredited genealogist and she specializes in research from Sweden, just like the Swedish chef. She is a fan of all things Sweden and Scandinavia. And I she does such a great job of introducing herself. And, and in the very beginning, we tell a story of how we actually met. So I'm just going to cut to this conversation. I know that you're going to enjoy it and learn from her. Here we go. Colette Hokinson, I am so tickled to finally have you on my podcast. Yay. Hi, friend. Hi. So fun. So, so fun. <laughs> so I think the best place to start is how you and I met because it was just a little magical, if I'm being honest. Oh, um, totally. I'm going to tell my version and you just interject or if I say something wrong, you can just Definitely. correct after, right? But yeah. I am walking into Roots Tech, which is a huge, huge, as in very large <laughs> family history conference. Uh, in Salt Lake City. And I just randomly picked a seat, sat down with my husband. There are lots and lots of thousands of seats. And um, this is where I'll need your help. But as I remember it, you were sitting just in front of me. And I don't know, did I say something and you turned around? No, I I saw you walk in. And I just, this is just the kind of the magical part of it. I almost felt like somebody was saying, turn around. And 
in hindsight, now I'm like, I think it was my grandpa because yeah. I just had this thought, turn around and talk to her because I had seen you walking. And so I turned around and we started talking and then discovered that we both had Washington state roots. Yes. And cause, and that's, you say that, but I had that same impression when I sat down, I thought, well, I just, I just was drawn to you. Yeah. So, yeah. And this is so cool because it totally is about what we're going to talk about today, right? Exactly. We discovered, and was it in Sunnyside, Washington? Wasn't yeah. that the place? Yes. I so, said that's where I was from. And then all of a sudden that was like a little click for you. Like, wait, I recognize that name. Yeah. I have a picture of my dad standing in front of a house in Sunnyside, Washington. And we realized that our grandpas served together in a volunteer capacity at church. Yeah. Yes. And then you later, I'm, I don't know what, maybe six months later, I think you came across the picture and you emailed it. Yeah, to me it, was a newspaper. it was a picture in the newspaper and it yeah. was the two of them standing side by side. But before yeah. that, I, before I discovered that when we were talking, we discovered they both worked for the carnation, the morning milk company. Yes. So that was our first connection. But okay. the second connection, which was so amazing was the fact that they also volunteered at church together and yeah. seeing them standing side by side, it just like made my heart so happy. Just yeah. to think, they must be so happy that their grandchildren made this yes. connection. Just walked in the same room and we're going to make sure that they talk. And yes. I just feel like we've been fast friends ever since. It's not like yep. that we get to talk all the time, but yep. you are the sweetest. You will just send me ideas or you'll send me something you see. And I just love you for it. So thank you, Grandpa Hall. And thank you, Grandpa <laughs> Bagley. <laughs> okay, Grandpa Bagley. Yeah. Anyway, Colette, I am excited to have you on my show today because you are um, you are an expert in genealogy. And yeah. my listeners might not all know this, but October is Family History Month. So I thought, what a better time. And you've been doing some really exciting things in that realm. But before we even get there, um, I just want to know... I want to hear your opinion. Okay. <laughs> what? Um, <clears throat> why do you think family history is so popular? We both love it, but why do you think it's so almost universally attractive to people or interesting to people? Well, I had I had this thought when I was traveling um, this summer, and I was actually in Greece, and I noticed I there was a language barrier there. I didn't understand anything, but as we were on the beach, I just noticed that family. It was all about family. And when we went to the restaurant, it was all about family. And there's this desire to connect and to know who you are. And I think, I think definitely think ancestry. I mean, who do you think you are? They had that whole show, but I think people want to have a sense of belonging. And especially in this world where it can get so fast and crazy, um, we sometimes lose that connection and we try and get that connection maybe through social media and we can get a little bit of it, but there's something deeper that comes from finding out that I genetically come from this person. Mm -hmm. You know, I, this is who I am and this is the culture that I come from. This is mm -hmm. the country where my ancestors came from. And there's something just empowering about that more than just the, the connections on social media that is yeah. so prevalent today. I love so it. I think that's a big so part of it. We both love it. We both love family history. We met at a family history conference. So now tell my listeners who you are. All right. Just introduce them to Colette. All right. Colette. Well, I am a fellow dark chocolate lover, just like Stacey. <laughs> like, I don't think a day goes by that I don't eat chocolate. Mm -hmm. um, and you and I are both oldest children, which yes. is another fun thing. 
Um, I'm the oldest of seven children. And for so many years, that was kind of my identity. Like I was the kind of second mother in the family. And, um, but it was fascinating as I was thinking about talking with you and I thought about who I am and I thought I have always been a connector. I didn't realize that. And I, I went on a walk this morning and I realized when I was little, my mom showed me this video a couple of years ago of me standing on the couch, waving at people as they went by. And I thought, (laughs) even as a little child, I wanted to connect with people. And then, um, as I got a little bit older, then I started reading and I just loved reading. I would sometimes read one book in a day and um, I love the stories and the history. And so that combination of that connection and those stories, as I got a little bit older, as a teenager, I started to wonder, you know, where did I, where did my ancestors come from? And I remember visiting my uncle and he pulled, I knew he had done some genealogy, pulled out this big chart, put it on the ground and I looked at it. And I saw all these names and I was so intrigued by that. But what intrigued me more were the holes. There were just all these empty lines where no wow. names were. Yeah. And I just thought, who were they? Who were their parents? Who were their families? And so that kind of that kind of started that. And so fast forward, I go to BYU and I take one genealogy class and then I start my family and I have five kids um, and my life's just pretty much consumed with that. And then... Fast forward a little bit more and about 17 years ago, that's when I got bit by, really bit by the genealogy bug and I had a little (laughs) bit of more time, free time to do it. Um, So that's a little bit on that part, but I do, I love gardening. I love walking and exercise and nature is my happy place. Um, And I've discovered a lot of things about my loves are actually, I would say I trace it back to my ancestry, which is fascinating. Yeah. That I okay, that's so it's so fun to talk with you today because I too went to BYU, took one genealogy class, and then left and had five children. So I keep finding oh ways that we're similar, and nature is my happy place. Yes. And I do believe I recently, and when I say recently, <clears throat> that means within the last five years, right? Uh, recently discovered that I have a great grandma who loved roses. And specifically yellow roses. And guess what my favorite color is? Yellow and guess roses. how much I love flowers. <laughs> and, and it is. And you know, and I don't I don't know if it's real, but I want to just believe that it's real, that there's things that I love and things that I do and things that I'm drawn to, and that's because of who I descend from. So I'm just I, so tickled. can I just tell you, I totally, huh? totally agree. When I first went to Sweden, um 2016, I think it was, I remember when the plane landed and I told my husband, it was the strangest thing. I said, I feel like my DNA is saying you're home, you're home. It was the, just, it was the most, and every time I've gone, I feel this connection and I do have, I have Irish roots and I have British roots and, but there's something about this line that is just so, it just resonates with me. In fact, I just have to show you this. If I can show you. The listeners can't see this, but I will show you. So these are hydrangeas. And oh. guess what? They are all over Sweden. I discovered oh. that this summer when I was there. Everywhere. Oh. And they're my favorite flower ever. Oh. So same thing, flowers. And I don't know what it is, and I but there is something that I feel this connection and maybe someday we'll figure it out. I know science has been doing some studies about DNA and the connections of memories and different things like that. So yeah, maybe it's tied in. Yeah. It's real. Science will catch up to us and tell us it's real. Yep. 
Okay, so <clears throat> before we dive even more into what your specific expertise is, for my listeners, again, I think many of them are memory keepers. They already love photos and stories. So in your opinion, what's the difference between scrapbooking and family history? And then kind of as a follow-up question, you know, as you've worked with clients, what have you found are the most important details or stories to document? So it's kind of a two-part question. Okay. So um, I've been a scrapbooker. Lately, my life has been so full that I haven't been able to do what I used to do. And so um, I, as I ponder that, I think scrapbooking for me is, for the most part, we generally are documenting our life right now, our mm -hmm. story, our family, our children. And so we can go back. And depending on how detailed we are, Sometimes we do include stories, and I know you're so good at that, of encouraging people, tell what's happening in this story. Don't just put a name. Don't just put a date, but tell the story. And so we're getting, we're, we're recording for our posterity what we wish we had for mm. our grandparents and our great-grandparents. So I think we live in a day and age because of the accessibility of our phones that we take pictures all the time, have the ability to print them, put them in books. Um, we have so many opportunities to record our lives, but when you're doing family history, you're actually tying what's in those scrapbooks to the past. Um, you may find a picture that you were like, oh my gosh, my child looks exactly like that person. And there's a, there's just this happiness that comes of this connection of there, there is something that ties us to the past and I think that's why I'm such a fan of like historical novels and historical movies and that kind of thing, because we learn from the past and we know that uh, history repeats itself. Right. And so we can learn from their stories. So I think when I do family history, it's more than just dates and it's more than just names. Um, I'm all about what was their experience? Yeah. Um, what, what can I learn from them? And if they dealt with this, I can deal with this. I remember um, when I was young mom, I'd had one child and then I had a miscarriage and I thought I was the only one in the world that had ever experienced that. As <laughs> I have done family history, I have seen over and over these mothers and these ancestors who lost child after child after child, or I'll see a big gap and there's no children. And I wonder, mm -hmm. did they go through that same heartache and that mm -hmm. um, despair at losing a child? So family history, I think, um, can give us another um, avenue for strength for ourselves, but also for our children to know your ancestors did these really hard things yeah. and you can do. And even if you don't find an actual story, as you look at documents and as you, you can pull together a story and you create what happened in their life based on censuses or birth and marriage and death records, like in Sweden, they have some incredible death records that sometimes will tell you the whole story of their death or really? what order of their children or their in-laws. It's, it's incredible. So um, there's power in discovering who you are and where you came from, just as there is power in documenting today and your story yeah. of your life. Oh, and then your the second you. question. Thank you. Yeah. Keep going. I love it. I'm trying to remember what your second oh, question was. Oh, just, you know, what if you, you know, as you've done this work and as you are turning your attention more towards the past, you know, what do you think as scrapbookers, what are, what are the details? What are the things that you are, 
are deciding is more important because of maybe what you don't have, or maybe because of what you have found in those records? Like, what is it that we really should be documenting? I don't really like the word should, but you know what I mean? Right. What's, what's the opportunity that, that will make a difference in a generation or two if we document it? Well, I, I think one of the first things that comes to my mind is to, if I were to give anybody some advice, I would say, who are the oldest living people in your family mm. that you can reach out to? Um, because you may have pictures of those people, but they're our last link to yeah. the generation before, and maybe even two generations. They may have connected with that. And so if it was me, I would say, find a picture of that person or, you know, um, reach out to them and maybe they've got a photo, but say, what can you tell me? What are your stories that you would like to to share and not be lost? Because once they're gone, they're gone. Um, In fact, currently um, we just have been in the process of moving my in-laws here to Utah. Um, My father-in-law has dementia and he can remember some of the, he basically remembers the same stories from a long time ago. And we're so grateful he can remember those, but he can't remember a lot of the newer things. And I count my blessings that I recorded him telling stories mm-hmm. five six years ago because those were so important. And so I, as important it is, as it is to document what's going on right now, let's not forget to take advantage of that opportunity to pull those stories, glean those stories from the last living persons. For instance, your dad, dad, mm-hmm. what yeah. can you tell me while he's still got his memory? about your mom personality. So like, in fact, fact, we asked my father-in-law a few years ago, tell us about your dad. What was his personality like? Tell us about your mom. Cause you see this picture and you kind of wonder what was he like? What was she like? And you Mm -hmm. ask my father-in-law today and he just says, I wish I could remember. (sighs) And he can't. And so um, I, that's one of my biggest things is find those stories um, about personalities and people because it, sometimes you see that in your own kids. You're like, my child is so stubborn, just like yeah. their great great grandpa, or is a great storyteller, or um, you know that kind of a thing. As numbers, or has has a logic, you know, kind of a, a logical yeah. approach to things. Yeah, I have found that yeah. to be so true, and I'm so glad you said that because I really did. I thought, well, she's going to say, make sure you document this and this. And as you were saying, find. Do not procrastinate. That's what kept going through my mind as you were talking yeah. about that. Don't procrastinate reaching out to that, to those oldest living family members, because, because you think in your mind, oh, I should be organized or I should do it this way. No, just talk to them, you know, yeah. get them started and, and write down what they say, because I do have a few memories of my grandma telling me things. And I thought I will remember this. And of course I don't remember right. this. And, you know, I didn't remember. And then the other thing I just wanted to add I, I'm like you. I'm so grateful for my mom passed. It's been a year. I'm so grateful for, I took tons of pictures of her. I, w- I went on trips with her. I I really just feel like I savored my relationship with her, especially, you know, in my adult years and had, had someone record her life story on video. I mean, I did all these things, you know, and I'm so grateful for all of them. And yet there are still times now, right, where I wake up and go, oh, I should have asked her that. You know what I mean? I wish I would have known that. And I still have letters to read. I still have all this stuff, but it's, you're just never going to regret talking to someone that, and like you say, ask them about their memories of their parents and grandparents, because that's, so it's the, it's the going back. So thank you for that. Another, this is one of like my, my big plugs, my big 
favorite things is, um, and I tell people this all the time, I say, download the family search. It's the memories app. And then you, there's also a family tree app through family search. They're both free. You can have a yeah. free account, but I absolutely love it because you can, I do this all the time. I whip out my phone. I hear some, my father-in-law or somebody starting to tell a story. I pull that out and I, you just, it's just with the tap of a button and you can record them telling their story. In fact, um, and then, and then it goes on family search and it's, they back it up in the granite vault and it's there forever. So you don't yeah. have to worry about it's going to yeah. disappear. It's not even on your phone and you have to remember to put it up later. It's just there. Like you would hit record and then you immediately yep. can just upload it and know that it's archived. So yeah, when you don't even have to upload it, it does it for you. Yeah. So it's so simple. Um, and I just, I was thinking about that too, because I lost my dad last year and, um, there's just times when I want to hear his voice and I did record him telling me stories. And so I go on to family search and I listen to his voice wow. and it just, Oh, I'm so grateful that I did that. But it's also another thing for, as far as you can do that with your kids, your grandkids record yeah. them at their cute little stage. And you've yeah. got that forever. Their voice. So, recorded. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love it. That's so good. And so I, I had written down, I was going to ask you about, you know, what, if someone listening has zero experience, you know, in the family history side of things, you know, where would you suggest they begin? And I think honestly, you've answered that, but I want to give you a chance to add to it. Is there something else you would add for a brand new beginner aside from talk yeah. to those oldest living relatives? You know, well, yeah, I, mean, I, I would say that would be a big place to start is get any names, dates, anything that they can remember and put it down and just know that people's memories could be a little bit off, but at least it gives you a starting place. I've talked to so many people that are starting from scratch and they have nobody to ask anymore. All of the living people that would have known that information are gone. And the thing is, you don't know. I mean, we expect that we're all going to live to this ripe old age, but we don't know when all of a sudden somebody might be taken from us. And so it's like you were saying, seize the day. Don't delay. Don't procrastinate. Just mm -hmm. do it. I think sometimes we think, oh, I've got to have this big plan or um, right. I've got to have, you know, be there in person. We've done this with my father-in-law and my mother-in-law when they were living in Washington. We called them and I held my phone next to my husband's phone and we just recorded that conversation. And yeah. it's better, you know, it's better than nothing. Um, so first of all, talk to your living people. The second thing is I am such a big advocate of family search because it's free and uh -huh. you can create an account. The biggest thing that people run into is they put their information and they're like, well, what next? You've got to put as much information as you can and connect that living person to potentially somebody who has died. And then all of a sudden you may see your tree just go back generations after generations. And I think that's a great place to start because you you don't spin your wheels searching and searching where you might have a cousin or a distant aunt or somebody who's already added photos yeah. and stories and names yeah. and dates. Um, and then of course, you know, there's other paid sites. I love Ancestry and MyHeritage and those ones, and those are great. But yeah. if you're like, I'm just starting and I don't want to spend money, mm -hmm. Family Search is a really, really great place to start. Yeah. I cannot emphasize that enough, you guys, FamilySearch.org. I'll put all of these links to Family Search and to the apps that Colette has mentioned. I'll put that on the show notes. I have sat next to someone who was just starting Family History um, and is of African descent. And so just thought, well, there's not going to be a whole lot out there. You know what I mean? And, yeah. and I helped her and, you know, put in her name and then names of grandfathers. And then she put in that name of her grandmother's, she, you know, we figured out, 
you know, it's really, it's just kind of guesswork, but she's like, I think his last name was this. I think he was born here. And then the, that exact same thing happened all of a sudden, you know, she just, to see her face was just amazing because someone has done some of the work. Right. And so one line of hers was just shot back. And And so how, how did that make you feel when you saw that? Oh, it, I can't, it's like better than Christmas morning. It's like, yes. it's just, you know, you just, <laughs> it's, it's indescribable. It really, really is. Um, it reminds me of the television show when, when that guy was the guy where he turns the page with the famous people and then their face goes, oh, really? Yeah. You know, <laughs> it does. All of a sudden you feel, you just have this sense of how, I think she just felt loved almost just yeah. like, like you said, you mentioned it before, but oh my gosh, I exist or I belong or who, and then immediately your question is, well, who are these people? Is there more? You know, my yeah. other favorite thing about family search is once you have an account, then you can just log on in for me anyway, the homepage, it'll just say, it, it just shows you, here's things that have been added recently that are related to people on, you know, in your family tree. And so someone that I don't know has added a photo or a story, and maybe it's a story of my grandma's sister, but I can read that and know so much more about her childhood because hello, her sister's telling it, you know? So anyway. Oh, I love that. Yeah. It's it's so true. And I love what you said. It's like Christmas day. And that's why I love being in this profession because I get these endorphins every time I work with people, because I mean, there's a lot of hard work, but when you make that breakthrough, it it just stays with you for so long because you've seen the happiness in their in their face to feel that connection. Yeah. Okay. So we we were with you. You landed in Sweden. Your DNA felt like it had come home. So in your efforts now, and obviously you help lots of people, but in your own efforts to research and know more about your Scandinavian roots, is there a story that you've discovered that you would be willing to share, or an experience that you had that that kind of helped you fill those endorphins? Um, so I had two come to my mind, but I think I want to share a really recent one that just happened and not everybody has to do what I did. Um, but this summer I spent seven weeks in Sweden and Norway and it was incredible. I mean, it was just, it was truly a blessing. Um, and I've been, I've been to Sweden three other times, but this was the longest. I really wanted a real like immersion. And so I do have some Norwegian um, roots and I do help people with Norwegian ancestry. My focus is Swedish, but I, and I also help people all over the world with other things, but I really am passionate about Sweden. But um, I had this feeling before we were leaving on our trip a few weeks before um, that I planned a couple of days in Norway and I just had this feeling come over me. You're not going to, to Norway long enough. And I'm like, Hmm. Okay. Well, let's look at our plans. So we ended up booking for 10 days on the 10th day. I kind of had this nagging feeling. There was something I needed to find. And yeah. And I just was like, okay, I'm not sure what, but I kind of followed these little thoughts. And I had this thought, go to this cemetery where my fourth great grandmother was buried. And I thought I'll look for her headstone. So I'm taking photos for billion graves. That's another um, company I love to volunteer for. Whenever I travel all over the world, I photograph headstones for people to be able to find their family. So I'm doing this, taking photos, hoping to find her headstone. And I was pretty much unsuccessful. But while I was doing it, there were two ladies there that were standing and watching me. And they finally said, what are you doing? And so I walked over to them and I showed them my um, family search app and then my billion graves. And I said, I'm looking for this great grandmother. And she says she died on this farm, Lavosen in a moat. And we were at the moat church. So I thought surely she was buried here. And the lady said, oh, we know where that is. We were just there yesterday. 
And they said it's 20 kilometers to the north. And in fact, there's an old church there and a new church. And I was like, what? And yeah. I looked at my Billion Graves app and there was no um, no church. No, no church had been documented by Billion Graves. So I'm like, oh my gosh, this is an undocumented church. And my yeah. family might be there. And so, when you say church, you're talking about church with the graveyard around it. Yeah. So in, when I talk church, at every Swedish church, there's a graveyard pretty yeah. much, except maybe in a big city. And so we drove farther than I ever thought I would drive up into the tippy tops of the Norwegian mountains. And as we pulled around this bend, there's this beautiful lake and this tall, old, dark church. It was just like my heart just started to beat. And I just felt like there was, I was going to discover some family there. And yet I was kind of like, when you're doing genealogy, you have hope, but then you're like, I got to be prepared if I don't find it, you know, to be okay. So we went to that and I'm photographing the cemetery. I'm not finding anything. All of a sudden I stopped dead in my tracks as I take the next picture and I see this name, Lovosen. So in Norway, they take on the last name of the farm that they were living at. So Lovosen was where my great, great grandmother had died. Mm-hmm. And I see this name and it's a Ludwig Lovosen. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I think he's my cousin. I just, I just had this feeling. So I hurried mm-hmm. and looked at my family search app and I typed in his name in and the date he died. He was born in 1889. And it was the great, it was the grandson of this fourth great grandmother that I was looking for. No he way. was in there, but his wife was not. He had a wife, Ovjorg, and she was a missing piece of this puzzle for this family. And oh, I just started to cry. I just <laughs> sat down on the headstone and cried. And my husband comes over like, are you okay? Are you okay? And I just felt this connection that yeah. she did not want her story to be forgotten. Yeah. She wanted to be a part of this, this family tree. It was the most, it's hard to describe, but it was so incredible to oh be able to, to make that discovery. Um, <sighs> and so that was my most recent, like real like life story that I actually got to be a part of, but I'll tell you another quick little story. So I have, um, the listeners can't see this, but you can see this. So I have this little mouse pad that I did. This is the first picture of my, um, great grandmother, great, great grandmother and her siblings. And, um, so there were seven of seven of them. And so they all emigrated to America, America, and they left their mother in Sweden. Their, their father died when she was pregnant with the twins. And I didn't know anything. I didn't know anything about his death, but when we went to Sweden a few years ago, we met a man who gave me a copy of a story that had been written up about their father. And apparently He'd been asked to go help build this wall around a church and he didn't do it. He was, I, I, and I kind of wondered, I'm like, why didn't he go? It was, you know, he was, this was kind of his duty in the community. Anyway, he got confronted by a man in town, one of the city councilmen, and it got started an argument. And my third great grandfather hauled out and hit him, (gasps) ended up him going to court. And then he either had to pay a hundred kroner or go to prison for a month. And he didn't have the money. And so he went to prison. And in that time, I mean, they didn't have good food. It was cold. Yeah. Oh, he ended yeah. up being sick and he ended up dying, leaving oh, a wife <laughs> pregnant with twins, one of which was my great, great grandmother. Oh, and just learning that story and thinking about what she went through, what he went through, and then to raise these seven children. And then finally to say, basically, I, I'm sure she encouraged them, go to America that, you know, you're going to have a lot more opportunity there. So learning that story and the sacrifice that was for her to stay 
in Sweden all by herself and all of her children to leave has helped me as a mother, as each of my children have left and to be kind of left alone because you want your children to, to go yeah. and, and to do. So that's another, that's a story where that kind of gives me strength. Wow. No kidding. Oh, I love that. Thank you for trusting us with those stories. That's awesome. And just so you know, my last name is not really Julian. It's Julian and it is a Norwegian farm. Oh, no way. <laughs> so that's, it's obviously my husband's line. So we are, we have plans uh, next summer with my brother to go and because I'm my, I have a lot of Danish roots. So we'll do some Denmark and then we'll drive up and go into Norway and visit the Julian well, farm. I will give you some good tips. <laughs> I yes, I'm hoping I'm hoping you will. So, oh my gosh, you've been fantastic. Um, so just quick, I want to um, I have a wrap up question for you, of course, but tell me just a little bit more about how you prepared yourself as um, an expert in Swedish genealogy, and then after that, um, where can my listeners find you? Let's say someone's like, oh my goodness. I have Swedish ancestry or Norwegian or Scandinavian. How would someone find you, follow you, learn from you, work with you? And I want to know all of that. Okay. Um, so I, I really, I started really heavily into it in 2005 and I started out just kind of teaching myself and then I would go to conferences and classes and then I took some college classes um, and then I just did a lot. I was basically immersed in it every day, like yeah. hours and hours and hours. Um, for a lot of years. And then I ended up actually being a director of a family history center um, in Oregon for three years. Okay. And so I actually had the opportunity to help people do research all over. So even though I specialize in Sweden, I help people in the United States and in Canada and oh, Great awesome. Britain and, and Scandinavia. Um, so I've done all of, I've done all of a lot of education over the years. And then a couple of years ago when I was at Roots Tech, I, um, just was felt like I should pursue the path of accreditation. So becoming an accredited genealogist basically puts AG behind your name and yeah. a stamp of approval that you know what you're doing. And so I've recently been accrediting with um, ICAP Gen. And so I will have my, I'm an official accredited genealogist after all of these years, years of practice and learning and research. And the thing that I found, I tell my kids this all the time, I will never be bored till the day I die. There's yeah. always something to learn, um, which I love. Um, That's awesome. And so, um, yeah, if people want to find me, I would love, I do one-on-one -on -one coaching. I do Zoom calls. I have this, I met these cutest little ladies pre-COVID. They are, were in their 80s and they become my best, best of friends. And we Zoom all the time and I help them with family history over Zoom. Like all oh, through COVID, yeah. it was, yeah. it was just the best. So I'm, so I'm under Find My Genealogy on Instagram okay. and on Find, uh, on Facebook. And also I've got a website, findmygenealogy.com. So okay. any of those, they can reach out to me, message me. And um, I just, I love, like, sometimes I think people think genealogy, oh, you know, kind of dry, boring. Yeah. I'm not dry and I'm not boring. And I, You're not. Uh, I definitely can attest to that. <laughs> Oh, you have a giant yeah. smile and a giant heart, and you're definitely a connector, and you're wearing hot pink. There's just nothing I don't love about you, Colette. So, yeah, definite, definite encouragement if anyone out there is like, oh, maybe I should reach out. And we'll put all of those links in the show notes as well. So, yeah. Oh, it's fabulous. I love it's Christmas Day every day when we get to work with people. So, yeah. Okay, Colette, on my podcast, I have a final question that I ask everyone, and it is, I want you to fill in the blank with your own name, I, Colette, 
have exactly enough time for what? I, Colette, have exactly enough time to connect. Hmm. And I, I love that every day. You know, I get a little thought in my mind, send a text. I just think of somebody and send a text to them. And sometimes we just brush that off, but it's like, no, connect, reach out. And I heard this quote this morning from a man, um, Todd Christofferson, and he said, belonging is connecting. Uh-huh. And some of my best, best friends have come because I wasn't afraid to mm-hmm. say hello. Yeah. I met you. I know. <laughs> Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Start and up I, a conversation with a stranger. I treasure my friendship with you. I really do. So yeah. oh, you're wonderful. Thank you so much for coming on. Oh, you're welcome. Thank yeah. you, Stacey. And I am so excited for you to go to Norway next year. You're going Me to Me too. I will definitely be reaching out and connecting with you before we do that. So that's awesome. Thanks, Thanks. Yeah. Okay. Did you hear her? Don't be afraid. Reach out. Start a conversation. A conversation, you guys, especially with the oldest living members of your family. We are officially into the holiday season and people are going to start gathering more and we're post-pandemic so we can actually get together physically in the same room. Please start conversations with the, the people in your family that may not be around for very long and ask them questions, especially about other people that they knew. Okay, that's your job this holiday season, okay? I'm giving that I'm giving this assignment to you. I want you to embrace it and have fun with it. This is a work that is so meaningful. You are going to discover all kinds of amazing things. You're going to discover some surprising things. Doesn't matter what you discover. It will make you stronger and give you a stronger sense of belonging. I'm so grateful for the times that I have started conversations. I am so, so grateful for the stories that I have access to because other people have started conversations and documented what they learned. You guys, thank you for listening today. Don't be overwhelmed. You can do this, I promise. If you need help, I'm putting all of the links to the resources that we talked about in the show notes. Reach out to Colette. She is fabulous and so eager to help you. The secret is to start, I promise. This is important work and you do have exactly enough time.